Welcome to the Lake Point Church Weekend Messages Podcast. Thanks for joining us to hear the latest sermons happening at our church. We pray that God speaks to you in a timely way through this message. And if you're encouraged by this podcast, be sure to rate, review, and share it to help get the word out. You can find more digital content to feed your faith and our other podcasts by visiting lakepoint.church/digital. Now, let's tune into the message for today. family. Hey, if you guys got your Bibles, head over to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. That's where we're going to be today. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And uh, man, we're going to get right at it today. Um, We are in week two of a very like practical, we just want to help you, a series that we are just calling Life Hacks. Okay, Life Hacks. And uh, I'm going to give you a couple examples of these. So last week, we kind of tossed a couple at you. Um, A Life Hack, here's what a Life Hack is. It's a, a little like unexpected solution to a common problem. Um, so a life hack is like, man, I didn't know I could solve that problem with this thing. And guys, you know, I love you so much. I, you know, I'm just here to help. I just want to help you. And so uh, I got a couple for you here. Give you an example. Um, so in our house, uh, we go through a lot of bananas, lots of bananas. Okay. And uh, what we've learned is that, you know, what you do is, you, you know, you grab this guy up here and you try, you know, kids are trying to twist that sucker off and, and then you smush the top of the banana. It just gets all brown and gooey and gross. Here's your little life hack, okay? Did you know, you know, FAQ, you can turn it over and just pull from the bottom and it comes right off and you, you know, see, I got a a perfectly unbruised banana there at the top. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, you know, you're welcome. You know, I just, I'm here to serve and uh, hey man, you want that? Here you go. Yeah, thanks. Okay, that's great. Now, uh, now let me do one other one. <laughs> we didn't plan that. There you go. Uh, let me do one other one. Now, this one's for all the husbands in the room. Okay, husbands. Now, we've covered this before. Do you ever have this issue where it's like it's date night or you're, you know, you're out somewhere and you're like, hey, babe, where do you want to eat? And the inevitable response is always the same. It's, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I heard a lot of different answers. The most common one, I promise, was I don't know or I don't care. Okay, now, I've covered this before, but I just want to say, I want to remind you, there's a theology behind this. If you go all the way back to Genesis 2, the reason that women struggle to pick where to eat is because the first time they picked, they doomed all of humanity. Okay, so there's a reason for this. Now, that's not your life hack, okay? Here's your life hack. Jana, cover your ears, okay? All the, I need all the wives in the room. You cover yours. So husbands, this is for you, man. All right, here's what you do. Next time you go out, tell your wife you picked somewhere she loves to go eat. Ask her to guess where it is, and wherever she guessed first, go there. You're welcome. You're welcome, man. I'm, just, I'm here for the dudes. There you go, fellas. And ladies, when he does it, it's because he loves you. Okay, now... Uh, let me ask you this question. Let me, let me get right into it today. Today is a little bit different of a message. My goal is to be a little shorter than usual. There's a reason for that. You'll see that here in a second. God bless. Hope that happens. Y'all listen faster than usual. This will go better, okay? Now, here, here's what I want to drive at. Um, what if I were to tell you that there is something that functions according to the Bible like an everything hack? 
that there's like literally one thing that if you do it, or if you get this one thing right, then every other area of your life will naturally fall into place. So what if I were to tell you that there was like an infinity stone hack And if you got this thing right, it's like your finances would take care of themselves, your marriage would take care of itself, spiritually you would be rejuvenated, success in life and blessing, prosperity. What if I were to tell you that there was one hack that took care of everything? Would you wanna know what that was? Would you? Okay, okay. Well, listen, that's my whole goal in the message tonight. And so here's what I wanna say. I'm gonna get right at it and then I'm gonna work my way backwards in the scriptures today. There is an everything hack according to the scriptures. Now, I just wanna start where we're headed today. The everything hack is the right relationships. It's the right relationships. Now, really quick, because I'm back on my way into the scriptures. Did you notice I did not just say relationships? I said the right relationships. And there's a reason I said that. For a lot of you, the relationships in your life are your biggest problem. They are not your everything solution. And what I've noticed in my life, as far as getting the right relationships, I've noticed in my life, there's a lot of people at different times in my life that in order for me to become who God wanted me to become, I actually had to leave some people behind. I had to say goodbye or a recategorization of some relationships in order to get where God wanted me to go. Because listen to me, this is really important. If you wanna get to the right destination, according to the scriptures, you've gotta have the vehicle of the right relationships in your life. There is no other way, okay? Now, we we say it like this at Lake Point all the time. It's not original to us, but there's an anchor saying that we have at Lake Point. Here's your everything hack. Here's where this comes from, is we just say it like this. You show me your friends and and I'll show you your future. That really what the Bible says, I'm, I'm gonna show you this here in just a second, kind of track with me. What the Bible says is, if you show me your friends, the closest people in your life, that those people are what you are going to be in the next few years. In fact, you might say it like this, your friends are actually prophetic. They are an actual walking prophecy of your future life. And I'll be honest, if a lot of you guys, if you started looking at your relationships that way, like, oh, I'm gonna become them, well, then you might start relating to those people. You might change some things in your life. So let me say it one more way, and then let's get to the scriptures. What the Bible says is that this is an, it's an inviolable principle. No matter what you do, it does not matter how strong you are. It does not matter how, how incredible your willpower is. The Bible says you are always going to be, watch this, a product of the people in your life. There is no other way to do it. Now, I wanna show you this in the Bible and we're gonna weave our way through a bunch of texts today. Um, but, but the one you're gonna see it closest to, we're gonna get to 2 Corinthians 6 in a second, where you're gonna see this really clearly. It's a proverb that impacted my life very early on. It's Proverbs 13, 20. And I, I just wanna show it to you, it says this. It says, now you, you say the words out loud in yellow with me, okay? All of our campuses, here we go. Whoever walks with the wise becomes what? That's great, okay? But the companion of fools will suffer harm. Now, let me start at the end and work to the beginning. Now, here's what it says. It said, the companion of fools will suffer what? Harm, that's right. Can I just say something to you? You might have a bit of an edge, but listen, I'm saying it because I love you. If in your life, you consistently experience harm over and over and over and over again, you might actually wanna pause and consider the possibility, possibility, 
that, that actually it doesn't have everything to do with your lot in life. It doesn't have everything to do with, oh man, just as the, the hand I've been dealt and the talent I have and I just how, you know, kind of the cards have fallen for me and it's not my fault and that kind of thing. Actually, what the Bible says is a lot of you are really, really focused on your condition, but the Bible's saying, man, your condition is downstream of your community and if you focused on getting your community right, then your condition would follow. I'm preaching about 100% better than you're responding right now. That's really important. If you get that one thing, man, the Bible says everything else is gonna start to fall into place. Now, the beginning of the verse said that. What did it say? You helped me out again. It said, whoever walks with the uh, becomes what? They become, okay, so now, can I just say something again? I wanna speak to you in a really straightforward way because I love you. And the longer I'm a pastor and the more I watch our culture, the more I'm like, man, I just wanna speak to people in a straightforward way because I love them. Can I just say some things to you? Okay, let me show you this visually, okay? This is how this verse works. You are going to walk like whoever you walk with and that is an inviolable principle of human nature. So let me give you some examples, guys. Physically, Whoever walks with the in shape is going to naturally become in shape. There are actually like literal sociological studies that prove that theology, okay? Whoever walks with the financially irresponsible is going to become financially irresponsible. Whoever walks with bitter, angry wives becomes a bitter, angry wife. I heard that laugh. I see that hand, okay? Man, get the prayer team down here. Right, that's it, man. Okay, actually, a dude raised his hand. We may need a healing team. I don't know. Okay, now let me say this. You can work it the other way. Watch this. Whoever walks with encouraging, thriving wives becomes an encouraging, thriving wife. Okay, watch this. Whoever walks with passive, spiritually apathetic men will become a passive, spiritually apathetic man. But watch this. Whoever walks with loving, godly fathers you can become a loving, godly father. You see, you will walk like, you will inevitably walk like who you walk with. You show me your friends and I will show you your future. Now, really quick, what I know um, is that all of our campuses, you know, we have, man, God's incredible grace. We've got over a thousand people who in the last, you know, couple months, you've crossed a line of faith and you've given your life to Christ for the first time. And so right now, you may be hearing something like this for the first time, and I, I know what you're saying. You're going, whoa, whoa, whoa bro, not me. Um, I'm, I'm different. I can keep hanging around these people. These are like my ride or die crew. Like, we're gonna be all right, man. That's not me. I can keep hanging around with those people and it's not going to affect me. Can I just again just speak to you in a really straightforward way? You, I love you so much. You are extremely misled. Do you know how I know you're extremely misled? Because there's literally a Bible verse that says, do not be misled, bad company corrupts good character. Like it's literally right there, okay? So, so listen, now, now uh, what I wanna show you, I really, I wanna show you this, because again, this may seem too simple for you. And you may, this is an everything hack, according to the Bible. You get this one thing right, everything falls in place. And so let me show you a spiritual principle, and I'm gonna risk my life demonstrating this for you. Here's a spirit, there's a spiritual principle behind this, and Paul talks about it in 2 Corinthians 6. He just says this, he says, hey, he says, don't be, say it with me, don't be what? Don't be yoked together. Now some of you are like, what are we talking about eggs, man, what's going on? Okay, just hang on. 
I'll show you what we're talking about. Don't be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do you say it? What do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can have with? Okay, now I want to show you what's going on here. Um, okay, where is this? Over here. Now, this is where I risk my life in the sermon, but man, I love y'all so much. So let me, um, is this the one? Yeah, this is it. Okay, now, I'm getting ready to use some big theological words, but y'all track with me because, because listen, I've got a deep belief. If you can learn the language to order at Starbucks, I can use theological language in the church, okay? So that I'm, I'm allowed to do that, okay? So, so let me just explain some things to you, and I'm, I'm in the dark a little bit. Here, but try, where am I? Okay, here's where I am, okay? Now, check this out. The Bible says that before you were saved, before you came to know Jesus and put your faith in him, the Bible says that two things, both your position before God and your practice in your daily life was wicked. That you were, the Bible says, listen, man, as awesome as all your intentions were, the Bible says you were dead in your trespasses and sins. If that offends you, I am so sorry, but actually I'm not because I'm telling you that because I love you and it's the only way in to understand what Jesus did for you. So the Bible says that you were dead in your trespasses and sins. So both in your position before God, how he viewed you, and in your practice, like what you actually did in your daily life, that you were wicked. But then, this is amazing, okay? This is amazing. That, that's called... Uh, that's called original sin or the sinfulness of man. But then watch this, amazing thing happened um, if you're a Christian. At some point, you came to place your faith in Jesus and you realized that somehow, some way, him dying on the cross, that applied to you. And you placed your faith in him, not just as your savior, but as your Lord. And the Bible says that instantly, in that second, that God did something. So you used to be in position and practice wicked. But in that second, here we go, man, I'm gonna get my cardio in. Here we go. That in that second, God declared you righteous. And so now your position before God, that's not righteousness that you had done. That's righteousness that Jesus had done that God credited to you because of your faith. And so in that moment, apart from anything you've done, by grace alone, God declared you righteous positionally before him. That's the best news you've ever heard. God did that to you. So he, he, he clothed you with what theologians call an alien righteousness, a righteousness that was not your own. He like wrapped the righteousness of Jesus around you like a robe. Now, your position before God changed because now your position before God is that you're righteous, but uh uh-oh, man, let's get cardio in again. We got this weird spot now where my position before God is that I'm righteous, but in my daily actions, I'm still wicked. Now, the old dead theologian, a guy named Martin Luther, he had a Latin phrase to describe a Christian's life. Man, I'm out of Okay, let me, okay. I got more to go, so here we go. He had a Latin phrase to describe the Christian life he called you simul justus et peccator. That's Latin for simultaneously righteous and sinful. That when God placed the alien righteousness of Jesus on you, you're righteous positionally before God. When he looks at you, he sees Jesus, but in your daily actions, you still struggle with sin and you're wicked. Now watch this. I just described salvation. I'm gonna use a big word right now. The word is sanctification. It comes from the Latin sanctus. It means holy. The rest of the Christian life is the process of your practice, what you do in your daily life, catching up with your position before God. And so what you're doing, I'm I'm, I'm sorry, camera guys, here we go. Okay, what you're doing is you want your practice to catch up with your position. Okay, now, that's what you wanna see happen. 
Here's the problem. You want to become righteous, but 2 Corinthians 6 is you're still yoked to wicked people. Nothing will hold you back like that. Now, let me show you what it means to be yoked, okay? Now, what I got here is I've got a, uh, a bungee cord right here, and this is, how, this is where I'm gonna risk my life for, this is how much I love y'all, okay? So check this out, bungee cord right here. Let me get this wrapped around me. Now, what yoked means, yoke, I'm not talking about yoked like, bro, he's yoked, like, that's not what I'm talking about, Okay. Yoked, <laughs> that's awesome. Okay, yoked, yoked means to be connected to. And when 2 Corinthians 6 says, do not be, what's this one? Wicked, that's right, okay. It says, do not be yoked, right there. Yoked, connected to unbelievers because it says, for what does wickedness have to do with righteousness? Now, where's my prompter at? I need that, okay, now check this out. Now, when you, here's what happens. You get saved, and so you're trying to become righteous, that's sanctification. I'm trying to become righteous. So I'm trying to become more and more righteous. But here's my problem, the Bible says, I'm yoked, I'm still connected to wicked people. And so what happens is, a couple of things happen. When I'm trying to become righteous, I'm trying to get my practice to catch up to my position, but I'm still yoked to unbelievers, uh, to wicked people and relationships, all the energy in my life is pulling me back to the thing that I'm trying to leave. So, so here's what's gonna happen, okay? So here's what it looks like. Okay, you get saved, and so now you're righteous positionally before God. You want to start living a righteous life, and so you're like, here's what I'm gonna do, man. Uh, I'm gonna wake up, I'm gonna start going to church every week, but then all your friends, they're texting you on Saturday, like, hey, bro, let's get up and go to brunch and mimosas tomorrow at 10 a.m. It's like right when you're supposed, and so you got this pressure, like, oh, it's bringing me back to wickedness. Or like, hey, um, you're dating somebody, and you, you're like, oh man, you know, it's okay. I, I'm gonna get him saved. He's gonna, I'm, a, I'm a vanja dating, Pastor Josh. I'm a vanja, I'm gonna get him in church. Can I just, again, I'm gonna say something really straightforward. He's probably gonna get you in bed before you get him in church. That's probably what's gonna happen, okay? So what's gonna happen is you're dating this guy and, and so you're yoked to an unbelieving person, wickedness. And so you're trying to strain towards righteousness. Hey, let's have some purity in our relationship. But he's going, hey, let's sleep together. Like, what's the big deal? And you're getting pressure to go back this way. Or like, you're hanging out with all your friends. You're like, oh, I wanna be righteous. Man, I will set before my eyes no vile things. All your friends are like, hey, let's watch this movie. And they're pulling you back to wickedness. Or you're in business. By the way, don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. That's not just dating and marriage. That's any type of deep relationship where you're like officially deeply connected. So you go into business, maybe with some dudes that like aren't great dudes. They're not Christ following dudes. So you get in, you're like, man, I wanna do this thing with integrity. I wanna be righteous. But they, they're like, hey, here's a good way for us to cook the books. We can actually evade some taxes by doing this thing. So what happens is, Everything in your life is pulling you back to what you're yoked to. And as soon as you get weak, it's gonna, you're just gonna snap back, okay? Now, what the Bible says you need to do is what's interesting is you can reverse the flow. Because what the Bible says you wanna do is, man, we don't wanna be yoked, connected to wickedness. We wanna be connected, yoked relationally to righteous people. And here's what happens. When you start making your closest relationships, your deepest connections, other committed Christians, what happens is it flips and it actually becomes really hard to run towards wickedness, okay? So here's what happens. 
all of a sudden, you're like, man, I'm really tired. I'm gonna sleep in this Sunday. But then your entire life group is texting going, hey man, miss you in church. And they're like actually pulling you back towards righteousness. Or you're dating and you're like, oh man, we're kind of struggling because we're really, you know, the Bible says better to marry than burn with passion. You know, put that on a wedding napkin. And you know, it's like, let's do it. And they're like, hey, you're like, you're, you're actually, all your temptation is towards wickedness, but you're dating a godly man or a godly woman. And so they say, hey, let's commit not to go farther than this. They're pulling you back towards righteousness. Or let's say you have a moment of weakness and you're like, man, I really wanna go on that, you know, the spring break rave. It's gonna be a kegger. You know, you just have a moment of weakness. And then all of a sudden, all your friends are texting like, hey, we signed up for the mission trip. Are you in? And they're like pulling you back towards righteousness. All the, or like all these different things. You say the cuss word and they're all like, huh? You see, it's like, you see, everything's pulling. Actually, you're, what you're yoked to pulls you, you, you get pulled towards what you're yoked to. Now, I wanna show you an example of what happens physically. And I'm, I'm, this is where I'm hoping for a non-injury. I wanna show you an example of what happens when you've got good and godly relationships in your life that you're yoked to. Now, can you welcome out uh, our officer right here, our plainclothes officer? Go ahead and welcome him on out over here. Let's welcome our officer here. Okay. We are, that's, that's it, man. By the way, we absolutely love our first responders at Lake Point. We love y'all. We are grateful for you. That's it, man. Okay. Now, all right, man, you go and grab a hold of that sucker. Now, <laughs> I have given him instructions. Let me give you an example of this, okay? So, I had a lot of examples this in my life. I'm gonna give you one. So I'm in college and my accountability group, we, we called ourselves the war room. We met in a room in the commons once a week at 9 p.m. to confess sin, read the Bible and pray together and beat up the flesh, okay? So I'm playing uh, intramurals in college and I'll be very honest, I do almost nothing competitive anymore because I am sinfully competitive. I do not possess the ability to compete and not sin, so I just don't compete. Okay, so I, this is what's going on. And so I'm, I'm playing intramurals in college. It's like a meaningless volleyball game. And then all of a sudden, man, there's this ref. He's an SAE. I still got a thing against SAEs because of this. And so, he, you know, we're doing this thing and, uh, and he's, his calls are just, they're horrible. I mean, horrible. And it's causing us to lose this game. And so I start having wicked habits and desires well up within me. Like the first one happens, I'm like, bro, it's disrespectful, you know? So I got this, so I'm like straining towards wicked. I'm taking a step towards wicked. Then it happens again. I'm like saying unpastoral words under my breath. You know what I'm saying? So it's like another, it's a, a sinful thing. And then it happens again, and I'm like, you know, I'm like, it's disrespectful. I'm just being, it's not honorable. It's not humble. And then finally, it happens one last time, and I just try to run, it's, give me the wide shot. I just try to run as fast as I am towards wickedness. I literally say out loud in front of everybody, you are horrible. Now, when I did that, my accountability buddy, John Reed, in that moment in front of hundreds of people in the gym, yelled at me, Josh Howerton, you are a called minister of the living God. Now, now, all right, I'm wrong. Oh, hang on. Now, in that moment, in that moment, what I'm doing is I'm trying to run towards wickedness. Now, officer, show him what John did. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's good. Thank you. Give him a hand. That's it. Okay. Uh -huh. okay. Now, do you see what I'm driving at? 
is that whoever, whatever you're yoked to, you're constantly gonna have that energy pulling you in that direction in your life, okay? Now, what you've gotta understand, okay, here, here's what's going on in some of your life. Some of you have been converted to Christ and now you need to be converted into the community of Christ. It's time for you to be yoked to something different so that your future becomes something that it wouldn't. Okay, now, now listen, now listen, man. Some of you right now, if you're like Bible people, man, I'm all sweaty now, <laughs> okay. All right, now some of you, if you're like Bible people, you like, you love the scriptures, you're having some tension in your head right now and that's okay, let me resolve that tension. Because you're going, now wait a second, Josh. You're going, hey, hey, just a second. Yes, the Bible says don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers, but it also says to be the light of the world and not to hide your light, you know, under a bushel. We're supposed to be out in the world. You may be going, hey, Josh, yes, the Bible says bad company corrupts good character, but Jesus was a friend of sinners. You may be going, man, Josh, on one hand, the Bible says don't associate with angry, violent people, but it also says go into all the world and make disciples. Josh, what am I supposed to do? Let me help you out. There is a diagram that is so central to understanding how to live the Christian life. I've made a promise to myself, I'm gonna show you once a year, okay? So check this, don't throw, the, don't throw it up yet, okay? Think about the relational world of Jesus. Watch this. Jesus loved everybody. He fed the 5,000. He trained the 120. He discipled the 12 and he mentored three. Now, did you see that? F uh, loved everybody, fed the 5,000, trained the 120, discipled the 12, was friends with the 12, mentored the three. Now, here's what I want you to see. This is, if you grab your phone right now, I want you to take a picture of this. You go home and you figure out who goes where in your life. I, I really want you to get this. What I want you to see is this is kind of a, a diagram of the relational structure of your life, whether you like it or not. And here's what you got here. At, at, the, at, the, at the very middle, you've got a circle of intimacy. This is like your squad, it's your crew. This is like your ride or die people. This is like the people, like when you walk in a room, it feels like it goes slow-mo and you've got entry music. Okay, so this is like Starsky and Hutch. It's like Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. It's like Kevin Hart and The Rock. I got every generation right there. I worked hard on that, okay? Here's what that is. Okay, now, now uh, a little outside of that, by the way, you're only gonna have three or four people in your circle of intimacy. You can't have more than that. That's how life's structured, okay? Now, outside of that, there's a circle of influence, and these are people who it's like, man, I'm close enough to them that I influence them and they influence me, and you'll probably have, I'd say, 10 to 20 people in this circle. And it's like a relationship of mutual influence, just like Jesus had 12 disciples. But then on the very outside, you're gonna see this circle. It's the biggest circle. It's the circle of care. And these are people, it's like, man, you don't actually influence each other. You're not that close, but if they've got a problem, you're gonna be there to help. Hey, I'll pray for you. Hey man, here's a gift card. Can we be on the meal train to help you out what's going on in your life? These are the people that you invite to the wedding. So that's what it is. Circle of intimacy, circle of influence, circle of care. What some of you need to do is go home and actually assign names to each circle, who is where currently. Now, let me condense everything I've said into a couple sentences, listen to me, okay? Everyone within the hearing of my voice, you have something that you want to become. You wanna become a better student or a better leader. You wanna become a better parent. Man, I pray that all of us, we wanna become a white, 
hot first love follower of Jesus Christ. Here's what the book of Proverbs says. The decision to become those things is most about who you choose to put in that middle circle. There is no other decision that will affect your future more than that. Here's the situation some of you are in. Some of you, God has given you a new life in Christ. He's given you a new heart. He's given you a new calling. But something is holding you back. And here's what's going on. You're trying to live a new life with old relationships. And listen to me, that new wine will not fit into those old wineskins. You cannot live the right life with the wrong friends. You can't do it. Whoever walks with the wise will become wise. A companion of fools suffers harm. So let me just say something really straightforward, man. Here's what it is. I want you to see it on the screen. Some of you right now, your friendships need a friend shift. You need to shift some people from care or from intimacy to influence or from influence to care, okay? Now, let me just say a a quick word of, 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 of practicality. Don't like make it formal, like, don't walk up to somebody and be like, hey, congratulations, you've been promoted from, uh, from care to intimacy, you know. I, that's, well, that's, that's weird is what that is. Uh, definitely don't, like, send somebody a postcard, like, man, I regret to inform you that you've been downgraded from intimacy to care, you know. Don't do that. But some of you, everybody, you, you, some of you, your friendships need to make a friend shift. But, but, because why? Because here's what God, let me, let me just show you. This is Ephesians 4, 3 through 6. Watch what it says. It says, make, you say the yellow words out loud with me. Now, Paul's talking to the church, a church at Ephesus. And watch what he says. Make every effort to keep yourselves, what? United. You like that? Y'all like that? United. That's it over here. Okay, united in the spirit. Binding yourselves, what? Together, okay? With peace, for there is body and just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. And he's going to keep going. He's going to say, there is one Lord, one baptism, God and that's awesome. Now, check this out. I need you all to get this. Did you know, what was the most common word there? The most common word was one. The God, here's what the gospel does. When we, are, uh, when, when we are saved, we are not just ransomed to God. We're reconciled with each other. It's a cross. Ransomed to God, reconciled with each other. And what the, the Bible says is, listen, the gospel gives us all the ability to be one. It does not say the gospel makes us all the same. Do you hear that? This is really important. So this is a picture of my family. Let me show you a picture of my family real quick. Well, I got that? Okay. Yeah, this is a picture of my family. Okay. Now, let me just point something out. Okay. Felicity is a little darker than Eliana. Eliana is a little darker than Hudson. I'm a little lighter than Hudson. And poor Jana's a redhead. She doesn't even show up in pictures if it's sunny outside. Okay. So I'm just, now, <laughs> I love you. <laughs> She's in this service. Okay? Now, uh, by, by the way, I just got to say this. You got to be careful telling redhead jokes. You never know what's going to happen. Uh, do you guys know how every redhead joke starts? By looking over your shoulder. That's how, okay, there you go. Now, what I want to point out is that, what, listen, the gospel doesn't make us all, we're not, our family, we're not all the same, but watch this, we are all one. The gospel doesn't make us all the same, but watch this, Lake One Church, we are all one in Jesus Christ, one shared bloodline. We got all that together, man. So listen to me, man, one of my favorite things about Lake Point, it's like our growing diversity, man. We got black and Hispanic folks and they know how to have, how to have church. Praise Jesus. We got some people who know how to have church. That's awesome, man. We got some blue collar folks. We got some white collar folks. We got some senior saints. And by the way, man, senior saints, we need you. Listen, man, we need you, senior saints, man. We need you. 
man, my generation, our generation now, we need you. And listen, man, you may be going, yeah, but I don't have it all together. Listen, man, you don't gotta be perfect. You just gotta be better than us. Bless God, that's all we need, man. And that ain't that hard. And we're thankful for your Luby's discount. That's awesome, man. So check this now, listen. So we're not all the same, but we are all one. And here's what the Bible's saying. It's saying this, your closest relationships need to be with other committed Christians. I just wanna say it to you in a very straightforward way. Yes, your closest relationships need to be with other committed Christians. No evangel dating. Like you need to be yoked deeply together with other Christians. Now, some of you hear that and you're like, oh yeah, Josh, but like, yeah, that's not my thing. Well, listen, here, here's why. Okay, let me, let me land a plane right here. Here's why. Because all it takes is faith in Christ to get you out of slavery. But God uses the family of Christ to get the slavery out of you. Okay, now, what you're getting ready to hear, if you're new to Lake Point Church, this is another one. I get this in every year. This is an anchor story in my life. It marked me so deeply, I make sure to get it in over and over and over again, okay? When Jana and I first got married, Jana, we were trying to make ends meet, and Jana is a, uh, she's got a speech and language pathology degree. And so she took uh, some students in our home and out of our home taught speech language pathology. And we had a student, I'm gonna call him Samuel. That's what I'm gonna call him right now. A student named Samuel. And when Samuel came in our house, we started noticing, man, something's like a little different about Samuel. Um, he would never like look anybody in the eye. Uh, he would always like hide his face. If anybody reached towards Samuel, he would like literally flinch up and, and kind of shy away from you. Um, if you gave him any food, he would either like shove it in his mouth real fast or he would hide it in his backpack to take home. And then he had this, this one thing where sometimes uh, if he really liked somebody, he would literally take their hand and lick them to show affection. And I was like, man, like, what's going on with Samuel? Well, eventually we discovered that Samuel had been, uh, was being fostered by two extremely wicked foster parents who were just using Samuel to get money from the system and they were both getting full-time jobs and leaving eight hours a day, nine hours a day, leaving Samuel at home to go to their full-time jobs just so they could get a check from the government for Samuel. And during those nine hours a day, they were keeping Samuel at home in their dog crates with their dogs for nine hours a day. And so guess where Samuel learned, never let an adult touch you. Because any adult that touches you, they're just gonna hurt you. And guess where Samuel learned, man, if anybody gives you food, you better eat fast. Because he was like literally competing with dogs for his lunch. And guess where Samuel learned that if you really like somebody, like you lick them to show affection. Um, well, that story doesn't end there. Uh, there was a, a great Jesus-loving family in our church that they heard about Samuel's abuse and they ended up adopting Samuel. <laughs> and Samuel was transferred from one family of darkness into another family of light. And slowly this family, they began to love Samuel and they kept showing him like, hey man, like we love you, we're not gonna hurt you. You're our son, you're not a slave. Uh, they, they kept showing him, hey, we're going to provide for you. Hey, you don't got to act 
like that anymore because you're not a part of that family anymore. And slowly over time, Samuel's habits bit by bit by bit began to change. Now watch this. All it took was the ruling of a judge to get Samuel out of an orphanage. But it took a family to get the orphan out of Samuel. Can I say something to you? In the person of Jesus Christ, by the power of his blood, you have been adopted out of a family of darkness and transferred into a family of light with a heavenly father. And watch this, watch this, man. That's awesome. Now watch this. All it took was faith in Christ to get you out of slavery. But God uses the family of Christ to get the slavery out of you. That is what God does with other Christian relationships, man. That's what God does. And so, man, like Lake Point Church, like this is our thing, man. This is our thing. So let me put a bow on it. Here's my bow on the whole message, man. Some of you right now, you're looking at something in your life, and you're like, man, I really want to have a breakthrough. I really want to become something new. I really want to pour myself out for the glory of God. And you're like, man, what? You think you're going, man, I'm one decision away from the life God wants for me. Or maybe I'm one habit away. Maybe I'm just one sermon away. Maybe I'm waiting for one more miracle. I'm one miracle away from having the life God wants for me. No, 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 none of those things. According to the book of Proverbs, here's what you are. You are one community away from the life God wants for you. And we, that's what we exist to do, man. This is our thing. We are a spiritual family together. And so, man, we're gonna give you a chance to like actually plug into a spiritual family today. So I'm, I'm actually asking you to do this. At all of our campuses right now, I need 100%, even if you're already in a life group, I need you to grab your phone for like positive peer pressure. Every single person everywhere, go ahead and grab your phone, grab your phone, grab your phone. What's happening this week is guys, this week, and man, we ought to celebrate this. In one week, we are launching 70 new life groups this week. Come on, somebody, man. Come on, man, because we want every single person in the family of Christ. And here's what I'm asking you to do. I am asking you as your pastor, I'm pulling a pastor card. I am asking you as your pastor to test drive a life group for just the next six weeks. That, you know, I'm not saying until Jesus returns. You may get in and they're real weird. There's weird people at church. That's okay. I am just asking you to test drive a life group for the next six weeks. Now, if you'd be willing to do that, just to test drive a life group for the next six weeks, I need you right now, literally right now, to text the word life. Oh, no, no, that's wrong. Don't do that. Text the word group to 20411. Literally right now, text the word group to 20411. And again, you may be going, oh, I don't want to, I'm going to be the new person. No, no, no. We're launching 70 new groups. Everybody in your group is going to be new with you. We're going to figure this thing out together. You may be going, ah, it doesn't fit with my schedule. Okay. We literally have life groups meeting every single day of the week in geography all over the DFW area in the morning before work, after work, at church, on-site groups. By the way, we are, uh, for the first time, I think, we are launching, in addition to our on-site groups that we have at our campuses, we are launching, I think, 50 or 60 off-site groups that are meeting in homes, in coffee shops, at restaurants. We simply want to have so many options that something is gonna fit with your schedule. So we've got men's groups, women's groups, open groups, parenting, you name it, man. So I'm asking you right now as your pastor to text the word group and to test sign up today to test drive a group 
for the next six weeks in my entire time as a pastor, I have never met somebody who regretted it. Now, again, I mentioned that for the first time, we are offering a bunch of off-site groups to help with people's schedule. I want you to hear more about what that is gonna look like, so check this out with me. The reason we started a life group at home is we recognized there were people in our neighborhood, there were people in our community that were attending Lake Point. We love it, love the sermons, but we'd walk in and it's like, wow, this is a lot of people. And they were missing that connectivity. And it's really that connectivity that we wanted to provide for the people in our neighborhood because growing the church is by growing individual disciples. And we just found just doing it in our local community was one of the best ways to do that. He just made it obvious. There were people he was putting in our path. God showed up. I mean, God showed up in not only bringing people together, but he has clearly showed up in answering prayers. Well, a life group at home is an alternative. The unique dynamic of a life group at home is people are great hosts. They're very welcoming. So try it out. Just go and visit in one or two or three and just see where God wants you to be. If the home life group is where he wants you to be, he'll make it obvious. If not, he'll open a different door. So our group does life in, in very natural ways. People come and they just catch up on what's going on in, in life. We go into a, a study. We actually study God's Word. We have a range of couples that are in their early 30s and we have people that are in their 60s. And so it's been a really cool synergy to see God growing this and having an impact on people's lives. I think one of the things that, that we, my, both my wife and I enjoy the most, just seeing the growth in the people within the group. God is a relational God. They're a triune, right? He wants this to happen both for us and our community with him. Thanks for listening today. For more biblical teaching and worship, join us for our church online live weekend services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. and Sundays at 9.30 and 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. For more information about all the digital ministries of Lake Point, visit lakepoint.church slash digital.